Welcome back to the Jerks in the Fourth Row. Join with me as always in this new year of 2023. Dog, how you doing? Happy New Year. I am. Happy New Year. Ready to go. I'm talking game changers. Are you ready today. to change? We're changing the game in podcasting, uh, but we're, we're here to talk more about game changing in the sense of uh, motion pictures. So whether that's TV, movies, whatever. We're going to kind of lay out what we thought some movies and, and some sort of movements are that, that have kind of changed the game uh, when it comes to uh, watching TV or movies. Dog. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, uh, yeah, anything movies, uh, shows, documentaries, whatever, that's set, something that set the standard. Um, and actually, I'm more looking for what, what impacted you in a way, or at least your understanding. But sure. also, you know, we'll go through, you, you'll see, we're, we're going to cover some ground here. Um uh, I always like to so, treat these as like a top five list, even though I don't have, I think we were what, we're going to try to do three each or whatever. We don't know each other's list or not that there is a big list or whatever, but I think uh, we're, we're coming at this in the blind um, and more going to do a reactive to what we think, uh, whether we agree that it's a game changer or you kind of ask the other person or challenge the other person to kind of go into why that was a game changer. Yep. So let's let's get right into it because we're going to try to keep it a little bit shorter today. What inspired this uh, this uh, idea is actually I rewatched the the series, and this is my first choice. My uh, the series Planet Earth, um, and I think that that series not only is it still awesome, but it was a game changer. Um, it, you're shaking your head. Yes, the crowd can't see. But yes, I am. I, am. I want you to finish your statement. I totally agree. It's well, a game changer. Well, this is like, an, 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 why is this a game changer? I think it is almost comparable to um, the first shots from outer space looking at the Earth. Um, in that, we're just uh, we have an opportunity to see the world in a completely new way. Um, so the, the, some of these shots, which are still so cool, will get uh, at the microscopic level and are you know, filming these, you know, inside these caves that no person could get to, or, you know, like even some of the, the political boundaries won't allow you to go in. Um, so anyways, it was just, a, it's it's an insight into just another world, but on this planet here. So I, I really think it's still, it carries a lot of um, uh, uh, information, and, but also like, like this, it's, it's, it's a first. So there's, yeah. there's the first time we're seeing not only some of these animals, but some of these ecosystems and kind of the first time it's all been compiled in one place. Too. I'll, I'll add to that. I think that the, the HD technology got, got that much yes. better. So we're, yeah. they're and filming. How can I leave that out? That's a, such a huge component. Yeah, exactly. So we've always had the animal channel planet, whatever you want to call it. We've always had the footage of a cheetah running down a zebra or whatever on we were able always able to watch this this went even further like this was you were no longer were looking from a, a zoomed in camera on a safari you were in the pack you weren't always you weren't just looking at fish going by you were discovering new species and you were getting these crystal clear visions of it so now i know you know other people have done done this since but I think that Planet Planet Fitness, Planet uh, Earth was the one that, like, really that they, like you said, they changed the game. They got the big budget, they got the HD cameras, they got the, the the people who were willing to just sit there for months in order to get a shot. Whereas before, it felt like just okay, this is a recording of a safari. So totally agree. 
it also like um, I think it inspired a whole bunch of yeah the, the style of documentary. So there's a bunch of one you know there's Blue Earth there's uh, there's a there's Blue a Planet yeah. Of, yeah, Blue Planet. Yeah, Blue Planet, right. Uh, a span of nature documentaries afterwards, and they all tried to, they all aspired to be like like Planet Earth. But also David Attenborough narrating it was just also is, is iconic. Um, and he is kind of arguably the best, one of the best narrators of all time, if not like the best narrator to have on something, especially the, the, the uh, you know, the, his, his testament to seeing the natural world in his whole lifetime, because he's always been out in it. Um, so anyways, re, re, but revisiting it, it's still as, comp it's compelling to watch a lot of, the way that they edited it all together, they, it's very cinematic in terms of it, the, telling a story, they go oftentimes from animal to animal, they'll link them up somehow. And it, it's very, it's just very well put, put together on top of being, Groundbreaking. I agreed. Right. So, I I can recognize that the ones that they're putting out today. So what when did Planet Earth come out? Was this like twenty years ago? Early two thousands. So I think it was like two thousand and three. The ones that they put out, I can admit that they're more visually stunning and maybe the I don't I don't know maybe they're at the, they're on the same level if not even better than Planet Earth, but they're not the game changer. This isn't because I'm watching this. I'm thinking back. Okay. The reason this is is because Planet Earth came out all those years well, ago and set the stage. Every, sorry, it does every ecosystem. So the scale that it covers, it right. literally covers like pretty much every ecosystem, from you know jungles to uh, you know mountains, like sea, desert, deep whatever. sea. Yeah, it, it was it was great. I I do not have that one on my list, but totally agree. It's a game changer as far as it comes to nature documentaries. So, but also, so but also for 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 entertainment purposes, the visual standards that it set, mm -hmm. like where it was top notch, um, in the scope, the spectrum. So people around this time started taking on bigger projects, um, and I think Planet Earth, you know, is is one of the biggest projects that was undertaken at the, at that time. So anyway, sure. let's 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 uh, let's keep moving. Uh, what did you have in terms of the game changer? Okay, uh, one of real quick, but I mean, I'm just trying to stop myself before I talk about animals. No, one one of the ones I have is also has to do with the visual, um, and that's more less from a documentary standpoint, but more from a animation standpoint. And I'm going to say that that's uh, Pixar and Disney's work on Toy Story. So it's oh, it, yeah. it almost went from two slash three D to three slash four D as far as a visual experience that you're having in in the movie theater, right? So there's uh, animation seemed very flat before this, and this yeah, is no. More, I, I'm trying to think of, of of something that predated Toy Story for that style of animation. I'm not sure if there was. Maybe, maybe some, maybe there were some shorts or some TV shorts that dabbled with this type of animation. But I remember the first time I saw Toy Story, I'm like, okay, this is a game changer. I mean, not to bring video yeah. games into this, but remember when Mario 64 came out and you could yeah. run backwards, forwards, and circles, and like you couldn't see behind you, and like, so th this is that's the type of level that I'm talking about. It's just like, oh my god, like this mm -hmm. opened up a whole nother dimension. The animation, instead of moving like a cartoon, moved more, had more human mimics, more human motions to it. Uh, yeah, it's not like watching a comic strip go back, like go through literally re like uh, 
film strips you know that's what it used to be so that's why it was so two-dimensional and flat and, and again but, i think much like it was yeah and i much like the planet earth it just got a budget that was probably unprecedented to um you know anything that had come before it, any type of animation that had come before it um so you know we have the tim allen who was huge at the time tom hanks um and uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Buzz Lightyear. And there's just a few others uh, that I just don't have written down here. But uh, when I no, watch Ernest, that... Ernest, who never does, uh, he does the the Slinky the Dog. Slinky Dog, uh, right? The, I, no, that's it it, you're absolutely it was right. Huge. Like, it, it was it, it just seemed like something different. It's just like okay, and at the time you weren't sure. Like, is is this the only way for animation now from here on out? Well. Yes and no. I for the for the Disney and Pixar movies, they've seemed to have, you know built on top of that as they continue to like redo all their movies now in this style of animation or even an advanced style of animation like this. Um, so it's it does, but there still is the room for like the the TV cartoon, the South Park, the Simpsons. Well, like the next, I think the next step up is like the ultra real uh, animation, like Polar Express, which doesn't sit well as well with people. Um, with you maybe uh, the thing people i think there's no, a no, I think for that's it. like a thing like people feel like polar it just didn't look all that like like you can't quite merge the gap between like you know uh animation in real life like they're it's almost good to have it like more cartoony i think like that's why the amazing or this spider-man into the spider-verse which i haven't actually seen but it was a huge movie um and it kind of went more cartoony like i feel like that resonates better with rather than like computer uh, generated graphics that are just ultra realistic. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I know what you're. I know what you're saying. I, I, than, than I, we'll, we'll, we'll have to do a jerks poll to see if people are are turned off by that new one because I. I mean, I've seen the new Disney's and the new whatever Polar Express, and I'm visually stunned by those as well. But they they seem to just be used to be telling the same stories before like the polar express was already a story like this this toy story was like this is original this is everything about it was new um which which just added to the the game changedness whatever we want to call that of of the whole operation of the whole experience mm-hmm. no I, I that's that's a really good point i mean and i'm, I'm glad you uh i'm, I'm gonna shift the, actually because i have like five or six things listed here and i'm gonna shift my focus to ones i've experienced in my lifetime just of all time in terms of game changers do it so um my next one actually um is going to be uh Chappelle show mm, okay go on so i i think Chappelle show was at the time like the the funniest thing that i had ever seen on tv and i think it was like it was in my opinion like a culminate like kind of the pinnacle of like that racy humor, like it it also, it was racy humor, not, um, no pun intended. Um, but it was, it was about like, there's, there's a shock value going on in, in culture. And I feel like it was, it did it the best in terms of being able to like push boundaries while still being actually really funny. Um, but for me, it, it set the standard of like, of, of, humor in my life okay uh, so there was a personal game changer yeah i'm trying um, to think if like that format where a comedian would come out and then say okay here's here's a sketch that we did I, right. i'm not I, sure I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that he wasn't the first to do it but he was definitely the best 
So yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's, uh, I'm like, to think like of, all that used to do that, right? They'd come out on yeah. stage and like, then they'd lead into a skit and. Keenan and Kel did that literally. Like, right. They would start out with them in front of the, the, the screen or the, I think that's an old like theater trick. You come out and you introduce the play and then it's like, whatever. And then you show the, 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 the sketch. But anyways, for me, it also like, um, like, brought like a lot of political topics to into humor. So like on a, on a, on a mainstream level, like it, it really did make, I, I think this was before the daily show and um, kind of was like in an era of just like mindless humor, you know, there was a lot of mindless comedy going on and kind of apolitical. Um, and Chappelle is inherently political and talks about race culture and oppression and stuff within his comedy. And I think he was not the first to do that, but really to merge a gap from like the the stand-up world and the mainstream. So mm-hmm. I don't think there was many, like even Seinfeld even was, I know he was a stand-up, but he was totally, uh, it, was sit, it was sitcom culture, whereas Dave brought stand-up yeah. to the mainstream. So Seinfeld would always like, in, at least in the beginning seasons, he would always start with stand-up that would kind of have to do with like the episode, but it wasn't like, an actual lead-in like Dave would do. Like, Dave would just, like, he'd, he'd say some sort of joke, and then he's like, well, what if the, you know, pretty woman ended, like, it wouldn't real life? And then you just, like, pause and then, like, look behind him, like, okay, here we go. We're, 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 we're going to do this sketch now. So if he wasn't the first to do it, he definitely, anytime I see any type of comedic sketch shows, like a K and Peel or something like that nowadays, I'm like, okay, Dave did it first. Well, I mean, but uh, also going back to my original point. In that well, Dave was the like, original. Sorry, Dave was like, if he wasn't like the first to do it, he was the best at it. So it's everything now compares to his game-changing show. I don't know if any show pushed the line like he did. He also, like, he literally defined the line of what you can and can't say on television and what you can and can't address. And again, I, I think he brought, like, stuff that was happening in the world. They're like, you know, the like political nature of stand-up, like that controversial, some of those controversial stuff, he brought that to mainstream television. And I think, you know, at the time, I think it was just what was needed. But if you look back, it spawned a lot of stuff. And it even like, it spawned the, the even the, the company that he was working for or, or Comedy Central turning on him when he left the show. Like it was really, it was a, it was a true like piece of art in that it was like, you know, he was kind of, combating stereotypes or combating mainstream culture within mainstream culture. Mm. I, I don't know. It was, I thought it was just like he was the whole thing in hindsight, especially is pretty brave in like the way he went about things as well. Yeah. Um, and it was funny so, as, as funny as hell too. I mean, above exactly. anything, and like, that's above just what he wanted, he wanted to do. He's like, this will be funny. And he just kept, like you said, pushing the line. Comedy Central was asking for stuff like that. There, at the time, if you remember, I mean, South Park was way before then, but South Park, that's what that's this type of stuff that they wanted. I feel like they continued on after the Chappelle show with like South Workaholic. Park changed. They were game changers too. I think. Like oh, definitely, definitely. Workaholics. I mean, t- Comedy Central wanted to push the envelope. Night of a Million Shits. Like obviously, they were trying to fight the FCC as much. But, but even but, they, they couldn't even right. Go sorry. Go ahead. South Park never found the line, whereas Dave found the line multiple times. Mm-hmm. I feel like and he pushed it like. South Park somehow because it's it's. I think uh, they found the line. I think. Just, I think that they would get pushback from the FCC totally, and and through yeah, com- through mean, Comedy Central, it was, just like it was no, we can't personal. show that. Like, 
Dave's name is right on the show. You know yeah. what I mean? It was True. more personal, I think. Um, True. But anyways, let's move on. Let's get to your next one. Okay, the next one I have is not going to be any shock to anyone here. But again, I think I approach this visual through visuals more than anything. Um, was The Matrix. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, just, just the type of... Uh, first off, the concept. The fact that we're living within a world within a world is... Just was kind of mind blowing to me at the time. So the story, the story was, and then I mean the, the iconic scene with with him getting shot at and doing like the backwards, almost like swimming backwards, you know, in a ninety degree angle from the from his knees to the ground, uh, or from his but back it was the to the ground. It was a three hundred and sixty degree yeah, movement. All while right, all while the bullets are going shot. at him. Right. So I think like that's the iconic shot. But there is many other shot like visually you know, stunning shots that ha- that happened that were a first, you know, when him and Morpheus are learning Kung Fu together and types, types like that. Like it, it went, uh, I see that as maybe not the first thing to do CGI, but definitely setting the tone for the next decade plus for what, Absolutely. what you no, could do it, it set the standard in visual, uh, absolutely, in like what, what you could do in a movie and do it well. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, there's a lot of goofy, goofy CGI that that you can absolutely dismiss right away. But this was like done in a way that was almost, it didn't trick the eye as much. Or like yeah. the, the eye felt like it was, or it did trick the eye, excuse Be- before, me, better than like. Before in an action movie, the standard was to just blow something up. Right or or have, but you could also like tell this this like the the fakeness of it. You know what I mean? Whereas yes. like in the Matrix, there was like an element of like tactility, like it's, it was like tactile because it, part of it was real and it was just em- implementing on real on st- you know what I mean? Like it was uh, I do. It was, it was it was accessible to the eye. Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was also, uh, no, you said the concept too, which like people, just like we've talked about with the Truman Show, um, that people believe they're in a false reality. Like the Matrix is another one of those rabbit holes you can go down the internet where people believe that we're plugged into the Matrix and take the blue pill, man. Yeah, it, was, and, it was cool. The internet was just starting to get started then too. It was in its infancy, so... Like a couple of those opening scenes, you're like, okay, that's not really the internet, what that experience is like. But every it was kind of the Wild West at the time, so you're willing to believe, yeah, this is where it's going. And it opened up your mind to the possibility that... So, that and also, just, just like culturally, why we... It was in agreement that that was the, like the, the coolest visual thing you'd ever see. Mm-hmm. Like it was like everyone was in agreement. It's like, okay, that's the standard. Uh, and I don't think anything had happened like that until... Um, uh, Avatar, which right. which would probably be next on both of our lists. Avatar so is on my list, but go ahead, lead us off. But I mean, that was where collectively we all said, okay, this is like far beyond it, what anyone else has done. Like this is the new, like top of the, the, the scale. Um, and I don't know if anyone's really matched Avatar in that experience realm yet. Um, I, I know the new one's out, I haven't seen it yet, but I don't know if anyone's touched like in terms of when we saw it, it was a it was a visceral feeling. You you felt like almost like your stomach drop out sometimes. Yeah, it was like it dragged you into it. They're, they're it the immersive. ones who have the or James Cameron definitely the one or the Avatar was definitely the one who did the best with three D. There was three D before him. There's three D after, but this actually made you felt like you were inside the movie, which definitely which was which was both jarring and like. 
yeah, it was, it was, you're, you're, when you're watching it, you're like, okay, this is changing the game right now. So, okay, let me ask you, all right, then my, for my final bit here, I'm going to ask you which was more of a game changer. So, uh, let me get your... one, let me get one more out, or, or let's, ahead, let's do ahead. the bits Fine. at the end. This is, this is Jerk's uh, organization here. I got one more, and that is the Blair Witch Project. So, as we've talked about before on, on this podcast, I'm kind of like the horror movie guy, the whatever. Um, the I watch a lot of the new thrillers, horror movies, whatever. I'm into the genre. This was the first one that kind of used that reality TV effect. So you weren't sure if it was real, was it was it fake, whatever. So what many game changing about it. What's game changing about it is because everyone thought this was a this was one of the first movies that everyone thought was real so you weren't when you left the theater you weren't sure if this actually happened versus not and i don't think i've ever had that feeling leaving any type of movie before then again they had the benefit of not having the internet or twitter or whatever where people would just be like no this is this is this is fake like and, and so debunking some of the first, it some of the first uh, entertainment that blurred reality in a little way it blurred reality bit. and it kind of made it from the first pers- first hand perspective it would be like well, anyone who hasn't seen the movie, it's someone with a camcorder just mm-hmm. giving you the accounts of what's going on just by, by talking into a camera, which every reality, every survival show does this now. The Office even does this, did this. And then turning the camera around to just show you what they want you to see. So it creates the almost like a tunnel vision or a first person um, effect of... You can't see behind you. You can't see side to side, but you got to trust me. Like, this is crazy. You hear howls in the background. What was that? Like, it was using those effects that are used by, you know, if you watch a paranormal activity today or there's all these new other horror movies that are coming up where kids are online and like having an experience online or whatever and then can't see, you can't see off screen. So that just makes it that much scarier. It's been Mm. used again, but again, we have... It, since it was first done by Blair Witch, then, you know, the second, third, or now whatever, the hundredth iteration isn't as scary, but it is still being used today. And I, I would right. point that those paranormal activity kind of took the, uh, they, they took, okay, we're setting up security cameras around the house. And then when we have a reaction, let me record that reaction on the phone the next day. That was weird. Like... Here, hold on. Let me start the camera again. Okay, is it running? Yeah, good. Okay, here we go. So like, it's all about the perspective, like yeah, playing with perspective. Right. It makes it feel homegrown or amateur when it's really – we didn't know this at the time. It was it was fictional and, and professionally done. Right. And it was kind of like, you know, you were looking at someone else's old tapes or like just what Blair Witch was, whereas like you're looking at someone's cell phone video that they shot at home. Like it was almost more personal – that way, which yeah, yeah, it, done done in a uh, fictitious way, not a documentary style. Like it was documentary, doc almost like mockumentary, but not. It was faux documentary style. In a way. Yeah, but you didn't. The, part of the reason why I want to like put it to the game changer because it's the first one. It's because it was the first one. It made you question like, oh, is this real? We haven't seen anything like this. And that was mm-hmm. that was the discussion for the first two weeks until right. you know finally we we tracked it down and it was either made in, aware in the news article or you know things so came people, late to the internet so that day like made people almost use the internet in a way to see 
if it were real. Like you had to do fact checking almost yes. yeah. for the first time with, with yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's interesting. Just so the, um, just to calm your own mind, to make you feel that you weren't scared. Like this, something like this wasn't truly. No, you had to be convinced in a way outside of the film. Like, and it right. wasn't mainstream. Like those actors, I don't think, I don't know if and they went on to I do anything. I think so. Else. I think it was a pretty low budget, pretty low budget movie. So, Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Cloverfield has done this before. Have you ever seen Cloverfield? Like they, they yeah, do yeah, like, yeah. hey, we're all at a party. Like, what's that in the background? Like, th- this was it's almost like there's like video game like movies that try to do that. Like where it's yeah, it's from the first person. Right. So you know, right. it's it's happening around you. What's let's get into your bit. So I mean, it's less of a bit. It's just more of like observing. All right, so. What what changed the game more, in your opinion, for uh, action movies, uh, Jaws or Jurassic Park? Jaws. Yeah. I, I mean, Jaws is totally compelling and scary, but it was also what you didn't see or just the fin, whereas Jaws Jurassic was Park also, showed you everything in like a really exciting way. It was the man um, versus nature. It was before Jurassic Park, and it was something that was realistic. People were People from then on were afraid to go into the water. Where, like, like anytime I go into the ocean, I'm thinking of Jaws or something like that, something crazy that's realistic that's in the ocean that's going to get me. I don't have a fear of dinosaurs, even though that that visually was probably a little bit better. You could tell now looking back that Jaws is kind of fake. But the premise of, oh shit, I'm leaving the movies and now I'm scared outside the movies because there's a real life thing that, that might be a threat out there for me. So I'm going Jaws for that reason. Right. Gotcha. Okay, and keeping it moving, what is changed the game? So I think HBO in general just changed the game in terms of um, it. You could do this these dramatic um, stories in many segments as opposed to just one succinct segment like a movie. Um, and I we I think we agree that in the late '90s, early 2000s, and then on, you know, there's some of the best uh, film and movie stuff uh, series ever made. Which which was a, more of a game changer, The Sopranos or True Detective? All right, I liked yeah, I, like, I liked I liked True Detective more, but probably if if we're going like Mount Rushmore game changer, it's probably going to be The Sopranos. I admittedly haven't. I think I'm just saying that from a cultural perspective. I think that there was a larger part of the culture that well, was like, like what you could what you could do got changed with the Sopranos. Like I think like, the way of consuming it is both you could both categorize them the same, but Sopranos was first. So I would that's why I'd say so, Sopranos was a game changer. Like it turned it went from this could probably be a movie or a book and we're putting it we're we're telling the story in a in a series rather than rather than a, than a movie or traditionally what we What I'm to. saying is so Sopranos is like all right they had let's say that I don't even know how many seasons, seven seasons or something like that, eight seasons. Um, and it was all of like graphic R rated, um, uh, you know, content. Um, and I don't think that that was done before Sopranos. Like, so I, I think that NY, like, NYP, was, NYPD um, blue, like NYPD blue did that. What we, I don't, what we have on Netflix now, this like, being able to do stuff like Game of Thrones. Um, I don't think, you know, Game of Thrones doesn't exist without Sopranos. That being said, my comparison to True Detective was like Woody and Matthew McConaughey were kind of the first like A-list act 
characters to do a series in a way. It almost like opened up the floodgates for people to to now dabble in these these dramatic series like Big Little Eyes. You oh, know, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so I think there was a shift after True Detective in terms of the caliber of actor that we're going to um, going to do these um, multi sitting. Um, uh, Gotcha. I, I, I was almost looking at it from a format standpoint, but yeah, you're right. I think that that was probably one of the biggest build, or those two guys. Like being James, in James Gandolfini being in a wasn't like show. an A-list caliber. James Gandolfini wasn't an A-caliber celebrity. He became that through Sopranos. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, he'll always be known or as Tony Soprano. I see what you're saying. So before the order was let's do movies, 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 and then when my career's kind of towards the end of it, I think we talked about this on a podcast. Like TV was always seen as the underling or like the second, the second format. This kind of switched the game as far as like okay, I'd much rather see my favorite actors in like one of these long series, see like you know the, the Big Little Lies or whatever it was for for that you know Reese Witherspoon was in, Kate Winslet being in that. Um, uh, mayor of East Town, like those, those are now desirable. Now you want to Peaky, be Peaky Blinders. Yeah, um, now you want to be. It's no longer for washed up TV. Is no longer any series. Are no longer for washed up or original actors. It's like, established movie it. even, stars. Even it, it was even a big swing for um, Breaking Bad for um, what's his name to take that role. Um, it was, it was even. You know what I mean? It was like almost seen as like, okay, well now he's just a TV actor forever. Like. Why, why can't I think of his name? Oh, Brian um, Cranston. Brian Cranston. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't take him seriously until after that, which would have been a, a – it wasn't a swing in the right direction at the time. But now you could have – like, he also – Breaking Bad also changed helped change the game that way as well. Um, but I think it was parallel to, like, stuff that was at, like, Sopranos and – I get what you, I get what you mean. Yeah, no, I think that both are game changers. But I'm still going to lean towards Sopranos because it just felt a little bit more original and new than than the true detective did. But, good, like, I can see your point for that as far as from an actor's standpoint. All right, any others? No, I'm just going to – we should probably be wrapping up here. The last thing that I was going to add on, something I didn't say about the uh, Planet Earth thing that I was going to add on, it also uh, – it had a um, – implications about like uh ecological like it was educational on top of so it was entertainment that was like educational in a in like a, a like a, a really entertaining way it wasn't just like schoolhouse rock mm-hmm. or like very dry nat geo type stuff it was uh, it yeah, was d- like d- ecologically minded um and i i'm avoiding political the word political but in a way it, it did push an agenda like at the end of it it wraps it up like gathering up all these scientists and or having an interview with each of them and them talking about the the problems we'd face. And then, you know, it, then, made, it you know, made documentaries cool, right? Like documentaries yeah, before you know, then were not cool. It was just something that you would watch in school or go to the library for, to watch for research. And now it turned the documentary into, like you said, a form of entertainment. Um, that but made, it, made, it, it made the ecology important. Right. Mm. Yeah. Like, so I mean, in, you could talk about thereafter the inconvenient truth with Al Gore, like that. That's a whole. That's kind of in the same direction in terms of raising awareness through entertainment in a way. But yeah. I, I, I wouldn't put inconvenient truth in, in the near caliber of Planet Earth in terms of entertainment. But I'm with you. 
it, it had an agenda is what I'm saying in the, in the end, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. So you have any honorable mentions there? Uh, no, just, I mean, pre us game changers, obviously when we come to, um, movies before there was any sound or any like, like words in movies, it would always, like, the silent films would always have a scene and then, like a you know text after yeah. it so that you could interpret what they were saying to each other. The first one to sync up uh, words with the actual animation or the actual f- film on screen was called the Jazz Singer uh, in 1927, um, and then uh, the first color animated uh, same thing with with uh, words to it um, as well or actual audio with matching the matching the mouth was uh, Snow White. They were able, Disney was able to use animation and color for the first time um on film so i mean imagine going to the to your first show the first time you've ever seen color in the movies i think that that's kind of a big deal as well i think that that was known as oz i looking it up i think snow white gets credit but that's animated wizard of oz was like a couple years after i think that's 1939 and they had color in motion, so like real, real depiction, real depiction of color there too. So yeah, I think Uncle Tony had attested that he, he wasn't sure it was the first uh, one, but it's the first one he remembers, and that every kind of kind of everybody saw it. I, I think it was the first one made accessible, broadly right. accessible. Right. So yeah, those so. those were just a couple of the footnotes that I have here. But other than that, I'm sure we've missed stuff. So as our uh, general public or as our listening public generally will will do. Let us know the ones that were game changers for you, the major ones that we forgot, uh, and we look forward to continuing the conversation over on Instagram and uh, through text and any other way you want to reach out to us, Jerk. So, all right, dog, that pretty much puts a bow on it. Happy New Year, and uh, see you on the next episode. Peace. Set me up to zone out, pushing paper, slam.